0: I Love Gay Palm Springs with John Taylor, comedian Shan Carr and Gay Desert Guides, Brad Burr.
1: We are just so happy to be with you. Thank you for joining us virtually for number 97 in our never ending series of I Love Gay Palm Springs. It just rolls on and things are happening again in town. Right, Shan? Come on.
2: I'm so excited. There really are. I'm actually going to go to uh, Nicolino's this evening. For the, you know, the much avoided by me pasta, right? (laughs) I'm going to have the biggest, most therapy-based, soothing plate of pasta. I'm just going to go down on it uh, (laughs) as though it were a lovely woman and just... (laughs) (laughs) They make a great... uh, Chicken and mushrooms pasta marsala. I've been dreaming about it. Oh my God. I can't wait. Yeah,
3: I can't wait. So much happening. Yeah, we actually heard two cans uh, should be reopening probably no later than June 15th if if everything opens up on schedule. Other announcements of things happening that we'll have throughout the show today.
2: Which is so great. I mean, things will change. I think the whole mask thing has it has been in Asian countries. I think it's going to be something that a lot of people just opt into not having had a cold, not having had anything. Now they're having sex with a mask and no condom and getting syphilis. I mean, come on. It's a new thing. Let's try, <laughs> let's try new approaches to sexually transmitted diseases. And-
1: I'm going to get a welder's mask. Oh my,
2: okay, that would get you laid, actually. That sounds pretty hot.
1: Right? <laughs> to a lesbian who has oh, okay. a welding right. torch.
2: Oh my gosh, that's so true. <laughs> Listen, we've got so much going on for the show today. We've got Sherry Vine, who's talking about her new variety hour, which is happening at Oscars. Stephen Biller from P.S. Life is here. Uh, we have Jeffrey Norman from the McCallum. He's going to tell us about when the new season. I can't believe we're talking about these things. Really, for a year, it's about what you can't <sighs> do, and now it's about what we can do. Also, Stan Zimmerman is here. He's going to tell us about. Um, he's hosting with Alexander Rodriguez an evening on the lanai at oscars coming up on may 27th and you'll hear all about um him and having written for the golden girls and all kinds of other girls we'll talk about that we have a packed show ahead today
1: i am ready for stan zimmerman
2: right With one of my
1: many golden girls t-shirts oh my god
2: you're so good oh my gosh you're so good
1: Well, this was the only clean one, you know?
2: Okay, well, that too. You're so dirty. You're just so (laughs) dirty. Thanks. (laughs) And that's one of the things we like about you. So, Uh,
3: dear, our podcast today brought to you by We Are Palm Springs, all about unity, celebrating the connection between our business owners and the community from our unique restaurants, bars, resorts to our locally owned shops and retailers. Share the love and use We Are Palm Springs as a hashtag to uh, share how you are supporting local business on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all those other places. Uh, Also by Palm Springs Nissan, they're the new sponsor of Gay Desert Guides all electric Nissan Leaf, Palm Springs Nissan, and the Cathedral City Auto Mall. Well, what do you think about Ellen hanging it up after 19 years, can you believe it's been 19 years? I can and she's
2: friggin' earned it. I know. I will be interested. I assume she's going to like hide in her cave and enjoy breathing and life and not being under a microscope for a while but I hope that we find that she finally has the freedom to step into the gay community and participate in stuff. Um, I remember the week that Rosie O'Donnell came out on Dateline she was on a cruise ship with us the days before that show and wow. she was still kind of in the closet and she was still terrified of it was awkward. She wasn't sure how it was going to be taken after all those years. Fortunately, Ellen doesn't have that to worry yeah. about. But it was interesting to hear Rosie say she had not been in the social construct of the LGBT community ever um, until after the show and after all of that. And and the liberation and the strength and the fellowship that she did feel through her can- cranky ass attitude um, was great for her. So I hope, I mean, I'm not sure if Ellen wants that, but we would love to have feel her in the community.
1: Did you ever work with her um, as a comedian in in the gay world
0: in any way?
2: Ellen, I have only been once. I played in a crappy uh, pub. I think it was in Colorado, like the day after her. and uh and it was seriously just some little weird pub and uh she was on the chalk marquee and again I think it said something like Ellen DeGeneres and soup was something (laughs) like that like on a chalkboard it was 30 something years ago you didn't get a salad right I had never I had uh, never actually met her
1: well, the first time I saw you was on that cruise with Rosie O'Donnell. I was on that cruise. And I remember when she came on uh, stage, she was wearing like a gray sweatshirt.
4: Yeah. And we had been used like to she... her
1: being dolled up with makeup and blah, blah, hair and everything on TV. And she just so kind of come...
2: embraced the lesbian dress code and virtually no other political or social <laughs> element of it. And we, we were filming on that cruise. Um, about being a gay entertainer, working in the gay circuit and what the what the ceiling was for that. And she wouldn't come to our round table. She mm. wouldn't be part of our filming that week. And so one comedian got really mad and went to a port and bought a rosy doll and brought it to the table oh. as we did the round table that we'd invited her to. And he would say to her, you know, are you a lesbian because she'd still not said it out loud in a public way and he would pull the string and she would go you're a cutie patootie and he would say, you're avoiding the topic
3: that was crazy
2: so yeah
3: no. well ellen ellen at 1300 plus episodes she has one more season that she's filming or taping right now and today or i, I think that one of her maybe it probably would have been on maybe thursday or i don't know mm-hmm. what day it's going to air but oprah was going to be the guest
5: Oh,
2: that's so beautiful.
3: Well, next weekend is Memorial Day weekend, and the Naga Cup is in town. They are going to be at Margaritaville. When they booked that uh, event, which is a gay softball tournament, when they booked it, it was still the Riviera. Of course. And, uh, and now it's the, the, uh, the Margaritaville. Yeah. And they actually say um, the, the, the crew and the staff has been great to work Good. with. So be over. 300 to 400 softball players from all over the country here for Memorial Day weekend. Uh, gay Desert Guide, a sponsor of that. And looking forward to having all of them in town. Next week, we'll have Scott Howard, who is the commissioner of gay softball, uh, on the podcast.
2: I'm not sure. Is that the thing I'm hosting? I'm hosting yes, some it softball. Is. It is. It. Okay, yeah. I'm looking forward to that.
1: Welcome. <laughs> we'll make you feel right at home here.
2: That's one of those weekends where the gay guys are accidentally cruising androgynous lesbian butts thinking they're boys, so it's a fun time. I can't, I haven't been into it since it's been Margaritaville, so I can't wait to see what,
3: i haven't either but lots of parrots and bright colors and tropical you know i don't know i i, I don't know i know I it's loved
2: just... that venue for its classic mid-century-ness do time. they have
1: like pop tops laying around so you can
3: blow out your flip-flops
2: uh-huh maybe so that's funny probably
3: so <laughs> Well, look who has dressed up just for the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast this morning. International drag legend, YouTube artist, whore. You asked me, you told me to call you a whore this morning. Sherry Vine. She was recently at Oscars in Palm Springs and you and I met through uh, Dr. Jeff Olson. Uh, I I think he does all of your work. Oh, Oh, (laughs) did I blow your secret?
6: No, honey, no. Everyone knows I'm like 100 years old. This is smoke and mirrors. It well, it looks beautiful. fabulous,
1: and we are honored that you would have face on for us. But I have to ask, did you get up and and put on the face, or did you just sleep in it?
6: <laughs> I got up at 6.30, had, my, had one cup of coffee, and I was like, well, you know what? Look, I, not, I, I'm fine with how I look without this, but I feel yeah. like if I'm promoting something as Sherry, then... You know, you gotta do the deal. Why is the crypt keeper promoting
2: Sherry's <laughs> show? <laughs> <laughs> well, your morning drag is an A plus. Tell us about the show you've got coming up. Thank you. Uh, first of all, I have to say to, to
6: Brad, that show in Palm Springs brought me back to life. Oh, like Man, I, wow. I've been very lucky to be able to perform from my living room for the past year and a half, but not the a same. Applause. Yeah. I literally was like. Oh, oh right, that's what it sounds like. It was amazing. But um, I'm so excited um, for my new show. It's the Sherry Vine Variety Show. Total throwback to Carol Burnett, Sonny and Cher, the 1970s. I literally ripped off that format and uh, it's, yeah, and it premieres May 25th, six episodes amazing lineup of superstar guests. And
1: I'm, I'm very excited. You know, they had stock characters in their shows in that format. Do you have uh, characters that Sherry morphs into, or is it just Sherry as Sherry and, and an ensemble around?
6: No, I really wanted, I mean, I literally grew up, I was obsessed with Carol Burnett growing up. Me too. My biggest icon, it's like that physical approach to comedy that I just love. So I really wanted to do everything. I play different characters that are completely not Sherry. I have lots of stuff as Sherry. There are reoccurring characters. Um, Bianca Del Rio, Jackie Beat, and I do a, um, a skit where Bianca and I are hor- these workers and like in a coffee shop and we're horrible to poor Jackie Beat, the customer. And then the next episode, we're working at this waxing salon. And she's like, do you guys work everywhere? And then we're at <laughs> So that's kind of a reoccurring uh, weekly thing. Jackie Beat's in every episode, Bianca Del Rio's in every episode. So there's a little- So where
2: are you putting all the girls when they come to town? <clears throat> where do you
6: put them up? Well, honey, this was, uh, not an NBC budget.
2: And- I know that's what every time they want me to book a comedy series at Oscars or elsewhere, I'm like, how do we pay them? How do we get them all in there? How did you pull this shit together, Sherry?
6: Well, because the budget and because of <sighs> COVID, yeah. we, we filmed in November. Oh, um. There there was no budget to fly people and put them in hotels. So literally the only person that I flew in was Peppermint just because she's one of my best, best friends. And I really wanted her to be a part of this. And I just used Delta miles that I had. So it didn't really cost me anything. And Varla uh, came out here anyway. So everyone else was in LA. Everyone else lived here, everybody.
1: So you took a little inspiration from the old Judy Garland, Mickey Rooney movies. You know, uh, my mom can make the costumes and I can get the barn and I got some Delta miles and-
6: Oh,
2: honey, yeah, it's like, let's do a show. Exactly, (laughs) and those always wind up the best. Like once you pulled this one together, then you go for season two and you really need a budget and you actually need a hotel. And honestly, the purity of the struggle is never the same once you have all that budget don't you, you read think? my mind you read
6: my mind exactly like I have a list of things that I learned from doing this season that I will when when we get season two will incorporate and even little things just like we didn't have a photographer yeah. on set and I didn't even, wow. and then afterwards when we're editing they're like we need this photo and that photo." I'm like Oh, uh, can I do a screen grab? And I can now. can now. So that's great. They're okay. never
2: the same, though.
6: It was very hard finding one photo, not kidding, of me and Jackie Beat with both of us not fucking talking.
2: And, <laughs> and now, once you do need a photographer, there will be 87 of your friends who say, I'm a photographer. <laughs> I hope And then you'll so. piss off 86 of them for picking the one you do.
6: I hope so. I mean, but... It really was one of those things where um, everybody that said yes, like, you know, Bianca, Alaska, Candace Kane, you know, they're all like so busy and they all said yes. And they worked for long days for very little money um, out of love. And we just had so much fun. And it's really like, uh, I was involved in the editing and everything on a level that I've never, ever done before, ever. My last variety show, She's Living For This, which was on HERE TV, it's also on Hulu. That was like eight years ago. I had, I shot, we filmed me and I was like, oh, okay, bye. And I was done. <laughs> Amazing. And this this, I was involved in, literally they would send me like, is this five seconds okay? I mean, so I was involved in everything. It was really like a, a baby.
1: Well, the thing is with the Carol Burnett show, which was your inspiration and Sonny and Cher and all of the, they looked, maybe Sonny and Cher weren't, but they looked like they were having a great time doing it. So if if you're having a hell of a lot of fun, the audience is going to have it too.
6: I mean, I think they were in the beginning, yes. But, and certainly on Carol Burnett, it's like they were having fun. And we, I would say, I think we had fun too. We didn't have that kind of freedom of, cracking up all day because we're like we got one day right to get all of Alaska you know what I mean yeah. so so it was a little it was it was just stressful and time management was stressful otherwise we were laughing and cracking up and it was just like you're doing what you love to do I
3: mean how you know it's a blessing. So we're talking with sherry vine it's called the sherry vine variety show it debuts on may 25th out tv and apple plus sherry um your director john mark who i don't know that name tell me a little bit about john and how he got involved i didn't know him either i mean uh one
6: of the one of the things that was the hardest about this project from the very beginning was not working with my lifetime 30-year creative partner josh Rosenzweig who did She's Living for This. He also directed all of the theater couture shows, our theater company in New York. He's done everything from day one. And he lives in New York and I live in LA. He couldn't just leave yeah. his job for a month to come and do this. So that was very difficult. And PEG, which is the producers entertainment group, the management group and production company with a lot of the Drag Race girls, yeah. they're the ones who facilitated making this happen. He was like, well, I think you should talk to John Mark. He does the Browns, which is Tammy Brown's show. And he's done some other stuff. He's a choreographer, he's a director. And I was like, okay, well, and in my mind, I'm like, I knew I could never replace Josh. So it had to just go in a completely different direction. The first time they gave me a list of people to talk to, his name was first, I immediately was like, oh, this is the perfect marriage. He sent me some ideas and I was like, I love every single idea. Oh my gosh. We're on the that's same. A good page. good he, he pushed yeah. me actually to, to step outside of my comfort zone and box. And that's great. He has a very cinematic view. So everything was, instead of filming it like real TV or theater, he envisioned it cinematically, and it just looks different. It's, it's apples and oranges, but um, I, I'm very proud of it.
2: That's beautiful to work with. I mean, in the mainstream, that's it, is you get to work with all these full-tilt people who lift you up, who give you insight. I feel like in the queer community, we're usually having to just paste it together with Post-it notes and bubble gum. So the ability to work in a real way lifts all of it, brightens all of it. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, and you know, we pretty much
6: shot everything in one building. And so the way that he was so creative of, turning this one space into multiple locations (laughs) was pretty amazing and um i think it looks more expensive than it was so it's exciting and yeah when you find somebody that you click with and you kind of are on the same page i will do anything in my power to like keep that person close
2: to me hop on their back and ride them like a pony honey
1: Yeah. Do you know when you're going to come back to to do another Oscar show?
6: We are talking about it. I'm not sure exactly. I know that Jackie and I are doing a show together at the Purple Room. Um, We kind of really wanted, we have a a loyalty to the Purple Room. They've been very good to us. So we like to keep our duet show for that space. But we both will be returning to Oscars probably this summer separately.
1: Well, we're loyal to the Purple Room too, so...
3: Yeah, yeah. we, yeah, we love her
2: Michael Holmes. We can't wait to see you both back. I'm the biggest Jackie Beat fan, so can't wait to oh, see you guys all there's back There's one. Here. <laughs> <laughs> so, we had her on Atlantis a few times, and she just, you know, just really yeah. warmed my Look, heart. Look,
6: there's no one funnier. I knew so that. Funny. I mean, there was no question that she would be involved in the show. She's my best friend. So sensitive, so big-hearted. Wait. Are we talking about
2: Uh, And (laughs) evil. Wait, let me say, and evil.
6: And evil. There we go. There we go. All
2: right. The balance Uh, of it all is charming. There's no one
6: funnier. There's no one. I mean, I think Bianca, Lady Bunny, and Jackie are the funniest, fastest. Like, if I'm on stage with them, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to have to be the straight man because (laughs) they're, they're just so fast.
2: And when you're ready for a token dyke, I'm right here in Palm Springs waiting for you. Oh my, honey, I would love that. Good. I love my lesbian sisters. Good, good.
6: Sherry right.
1: Vine, thank you so much for being on the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. I believe you are the first uh, performer who has put on full face for us. Is that I true?
6: I got big plans today. So. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the coffee shop across the street like this right you now. You should, by, by all means. Love you. And we we'll see you, you May too. 25th. Thank you guys so very much. Bye-bye. Bye,
2: honey. Bye.
3: Next on the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast, my neighbor. And it's not Mr. Rogers, Um, Stephen Biller, longtime editor in chief of Palm Springs Life magazine. He's also a board member of Desert X and Desert X ends this weekend. So I know you've got a lot on your on your proverbial plate. But uh, Stephen, you also in in Palm Springs Life world, you've got a a May issue that's uh, hot off the press and on the streets. So we wanted to chat with you about that today. Um, Good morning and welcome. Good morning. You got to get up pretty early in the morning to catch me peeking through your windows.
5: <laughs> uh, As
1: neighbors, I'm just curious. Do you, like, lend each other things? Is there anything out like a, you know, a power tool, a hammer? Uh, so we
5: just lend each other some insults on a neighbor's patio. We just kind of meet there and go at it, you know.
3: That's right.
2: Do you walk dogs romantically in the morning together? Any of the No. Things?
3: He's dogless. I I send my dog over to him. My dog comes to his door begging for treats. So and Stephen's like the dog sitter. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's good. Well, tell us about the magazine. What's going on in the ma- in this issue, Stephen?
5: Well, you know the real estate market is just off the fricking rails right now. So uh um, oh, yes. In 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 good time, we have our annual real estate issue. That's right. You do. Yay. Uh, with a, uh, a pretty cool image of the uh, the yard of the Kaufman House, the famous uh, Kaufman oh, yeah. House, yeah. Uh, which was designed by Richard Neutra and occupied by everybody from Nelda Linsk and Barry Manilow and yeah. uh, Harris's. So, um, it's what a- do they want for it now? uh well it was up to 20 million it was up to 25 million and it came down to about a, a little yeah. under 20 million and now it's uh tipping down again to reality, but it's a stunning house and uh, it really it's got is. an incredible history and incredible architecture. And so this month uh, we thought we would uh, put it on our cover and you know this, this image has been seen, this house I should say, has been seen in famous photography by Julius Shulman and, and Slim Aarons, um, but not a lot of people really know the history of the house. So uh, we actually uh, talked to previous owners and uh did kind of a real estate history of the house and whether you think it's ha- habitable or not uh, it's uh it's a stunning piece of architecture and it's an iconic structure here in um in Palm Springs. So we're really well, happy to have that story.
2: That's quite a thing to uncover even more of the story because it's already part of our lore, you know, around town. And even the picture, it's a different perspective than we've ever seen before. And yeah, the I photography can't wait to read.
5: It's so good. We, you know, we wanted to put a fresh set of eyeballs on this whole story, a photographer who hadn't shot it before and just. Mm-hmm an architectural photographer who just looked at it in in such a fresh way. And I think that people are going to be blown away when they see his photography in this issue. And of course the writing, um, is, is just fantastic. It's just because you did it. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. (laughs) What makes me fucking brilliant is I hire really great people to do things that I would never do myself. That's the ticket. So, uh, well,
2: I'm always looking for new dirt. When the gay real estate convention comes, I rent a bus and I lead what I call the snarkitecture tour for the gay realtors <laughs> and it sells out bus after bus, but I, bet. I need new dirt. So I'm well, expecting to get this, some this, from this your issue, article.
5: This issue will not only give you some of that. Uh, we we, um, we have our, our annual top uh, realtors list. Which is done in collaboration with the, uh, with the two real estate associations here in town and MLS and, and, uh, right. and all kinds of uh, broker metrics that we use um, to determine uh, our list. So that's always interesting and controversial. I'm sure uh, for all of those folks who run around town saying they're number one. Well, now we know. Uh, oh sure. You
3: know, it was interesting, Stephen. I couldn't believe how many gay real estate agents I saw. I can't believe how many gay real estate agents there are.
5: Actually,
2: when I lived here about 11 years, when you get pulled over by the cops, they ask for your real estate license. Like, you have to get one.
5: (laughs) So, um, but we also look in, you know, for all the straight people, we, uh, we look into the country clubs and the trends going on in there and all those people golf. <laughs> golf. Oh, my God. For the
2: awful. straight people. But, though. Uh, True, though.
5: Yeah, I mean, I know some gay people golf, but, you know, they have problems.
2: Um, <laughs> They're called lesbians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's just some, but they are called lesbians. <laughs> um,
5: but, you know, I think probably the most talked about story in this month's issue, at least judging by social media and the phone calls I'm getting, uh, is the story that David Lansing wrote about um, Frank Sinatra's gravestone, uh, which was changed. Um, it was mysteriously changed around Thanksgiving and, uh, and the story's not public, but we got pretty damn close to all of it. So um, oh, I can't yeah, worry. congratulations to our writer, David Lansing. I'm sure that story is gonna win an award for something. Uh, but it's also just an interesting story about the relationship between uh, Barbara Sinatra and, and um, Nancy and Tina Sinatra, uh, who didn't really like Barbara very much, as you oh. <laughs> discover in this story. Um, so it's, it's, it's really a, a great read and a great um, addendum to history here in Palm Springs that everybody knows and loves. Um so there's that. That's Palm Springs Life. There's other stuff in the magazine, but you can discover that on your own. But we also, in every issue, publish the guide. Yeah. Um, and in this month's guide... Guide us, is,
3: Stephen. Guide us to something in the guide. The we both guide. have our, our issues ready. <laughs>
5: well, you know, we have butt-ass naked people. Yes! Uh,
3: Thank you. Thank the guide you has a centerfold. Kids. <laughs> okay, there is
2: no butt, there is no ass, but I'll take it. Yeah, yeah I mean it's, it's
5: not my type either, but you know, I'm 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 sure it's going to be very popular with a, with a lot who of.
2: Who doesn't guys. love tight abs?
5: In, come on,
2: hey, six-pack
5: abs, you know you can't beat it. But uh, yeah. so we're looking at uh, uh, Todd Clever, who um, uh, is a former rugby player. Uh, and, and current rugby commentator who was um, born and raised here in, in Palm Springs and kind of came home here and did a shoot with us and talked about all of his favorite places to go in town, his favorite restaurant, his favorite hotels, and uh, the being in the uh, World Rugby Hall of Fame. And, um, you know, there's a push to get him in there now. Um So it's an interesting story. I had never heard of this guy. I always count on people like Jeremy Kinzer uh, to find these stories for us and and bring them in. But also in in, in the guide this month, again, free on the street, pretty much anywhere you look, uh, we have a piece on uh, barbecue places around town, including Babes and uh, just great barbecue. Uh, Brown's Barbecue and Soul Food, Smoke Tree, the Loaf Cafe, Mm. um, all kinds of stuff. And and Trio is in there as well with one of their dishes. Mm. We have a guide now that Desert X is coming to a close. We've got one more week this week, um, uh, May 16th. So Sunday, it's all over, folks. So get out there and see Desert X. But if you pick up the guide, you'll also um, find a couple of pages of other outdoor art that you can see anytime that's permanent around the desert.
1: And you did some great YouTube videos of uh, Desert X and guiding people through those and people can find those online. They're pretty, uh, pretty awesome. YouTube, yes, Xtube, no. No.
3: <laughs>
1: so you can get your guide on the street now. for free and uh, you can subscribe to the glossy, uh, suitable for any kind of coffee table, your Palm Springs life at palmspringslife.com. You do hire the best writers, the best photographers. It's a class act and it makes us proud.
5: Thank you. And when you're done reading, it's really good to prop up chairs that are uneven. No, our our, our, our ring lights.
1: And yes, our, our ring lights and our
2: laptops <laughs> and our cameras are exactly. all sitting on Palm
5: Springs Live. You know, I even wore a, a button-down collared shirt for you fuckers today because, you know, when I wear a collared button-down shirt, I'm a fucking genius. And when I wear a T-shirt to work, I'm an idiot. So, uh, <laughs> dress no, I'm an
1: death, idiot. Man. <laughs> genius you are thank you so much for joining us this morning and uh, we look pleasure. forward to uh, checking it out
2: thank you
5: take care guys Bye, Steven. Bye guys.
2: next up we have someone we love jeff has been at the mccallum for over eight years and he's here today to announce that the intermission is almost over tickets for the mccallum's 2021 and 2022 season are now on sale we're so excited we can't wait to get the dirt Welcome,
0: Jeffrey Norman. Oh, my goodness. I have been waiting for a- ages and ages to be on this wonderful podcast.
2: I <laughs> well, we can't, can't, can't tell you how glad we are to have you here. And three of my really, favorite. Really, we can't wait to world. sit smushed up against other people in a theater
0: experience. Tell us when we can do it and what we'll see. <laughs> Well, uh, tickets go on sale tonight at six p.m. Uh, thank you for my lo- my lovely spokesmodel there. <laughs> um, that's what the brochure looks like. You should have gotten that in the mail already. Um, our first show uh, is December third, and it's going to be uh, a five-performance run of Hairspray. Yay! You can't stop the beat. Um, Good morning, and- Baltimore. Good morning, Baltimore, all those wonderful things. And the interesting thing is that, you know, it's set in the 50s, but a lot of the theme of the show is very relevant uh, still today. So you you can enjoy it on a a whole bunch of levels. But we're starting our season a little bit later than we normally uh, would um, because we figured by December – uh, everybody who wants to be vaccinated will have been. Yeah. We actually did a, uh, a survey, and we got over 3,100 responses, Wow, which is insane. And <laughs> we have
2: nothing to do. We're at home. We're well, answering. maybe that's it. But that's <laughs> like
0: a national sample almost, you know? Yeah. And 92% of the respondents said that they uh, either had been or were going to be vaccinated. So that really, you know, wow. made so us theater cool. goers are vaccinators. Uh, or or vaccinatees. Yes. Maybe. I don't know. I think we just made up a word there. Right. That's <laughs> but, amazing. Yeah. So th- 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 it was really cool. And uh, about 78% of the people said that they were uh, ready to come back to the theater by October, November, December. Another 18% said by January. And 0% said that they didn't want to come back. Oh, that's great! Oh, that was really exciting. So we've got this great season. Our Broadway season includes Hairspray, uh, Fiddler on the Roof, a great, great production that had been playing on Broadway uh, when it shut down, and I saw a national tour of it, and it's terrific. Um, we have Jersey Boys coming back because you know I'm a Jersey boy, and why not? Uh, and and it's the most popular Broadway musical at the McCallum ever. Uh, and then we have Beautiful, the Carol King mus- musical, wow. which sold out so quickly the last oh time we had it yeah. that we had to bring it back again. I and she's going board. in the Rock and
1: Roll Hall of Fame. That's right. Well, she's already there once. Yeah,
0: she's already there with uh, Jerry Goffin
1: for writing.
0: Right, right. right. But uh, now okay. she's she, now she's in for uh,
3: for an artist. Which
0: I mean,
1: tapestry. Come on.
0: Here.
3: Oh my God! The, you know, was... Jeff, I think that was the last show I saw before the before everything went to hell. I think I my, took my parents to Beautiful. Wasn't that in 2019? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was it. And uh, I... then the the theater went dark.
2: I have to tell you my parents' story. I took my parents there maybe 10 years ago to see Jonathan Winters. Oh yeah. And he, it was the last show I think he ever did. He was (laughs) long past an ability to actually do a show. He had three opening acts. They wheeled him out on a chair and his opening comedian sat next to him and gave him the setup. And he said the punchline, it was the most awkward show I've ever seen. And as we walked out, my father who says nothing, he's not a talker. He walked out and he said, you know, I said, well, that was pretty interesting. And, uh, he said, uh, well, at least we know Jonathan Winters is still sexually active. I said, what do you mean by that? And he goes, well, we all just got fucked in there. All <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I'm telling you, my dad doesn't say stuff like that, but it was clearly,
0: I mean, as much as I think as a comedian I can work forever, I now know there's a limit. <laughs> well, you know, Shan, we've been uh, collecting McCallum memories and uh, and, and posting <laughs> them on Social media, so uh, I'm gonna have to have you tape that, and uh, <laughs> you just did. We'll send it to you. Okay, great. I great. don't think you, is
1: it. Let's is hope it, in the new season you can you make some better memories. Chad. Well, yeah. I think that was a I great memory.
0: At, You know, <laughs> you know, keeping in the in the Broadway vein, we've got the divas galore coming uh, this season. Uh, we've got Patty Lapone, We've got oh, no cell Chenoweth. phones. No cell, oh, no, no I cell her. phones. I love her though. Yes, uh, Kristen no. Chenoweth. We have Vanessa Williams. We have Linda Eder. Oh. So, uh, you know, this, and then, uh, we've got, uh, a play, uh, by, uh, um, a fellow by the name of Steve Solomon and it's called my mother's Italian, my father's Jewish, and I'm still in therapy. Yes. And, you know, you can understand this guy actually plays 30 roles in, in, in the show. He wow. plays every member of his family and, and it's, it's really, really funny. So that's something I'm looking forward to. We're doing a tribute to uh, uh, to, to two of the most popular artists ever in the history of the McCallum Theater, uh, Steve Lawrence and Edie Gourmet. Oh,
2: that
0: be fabulous. Yeah, and it's, it's their son who's putting it together with uh, Tony Award winner Debbie Gravett, and they're going to have the original orchestrations, and they're going to have you know, home videos, and it's, we've, we've been trying to get this on, on the stage for three years now, (laughs) uh, but I think we're finally going to do it this season.
1: Steve Uh, is not only a great singer with Edie Gourmet, but he was funny
0: as, as a
1: comedic actor. Yeah, he used to be on the Carol Burnett show. All the time. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Hey, look at how we worked in Carol Burnett
1: again. I know Carol is coming back. Maybe we can get her on the show next week. Oh,
0: I would love that.
1: <laughs> so the new season is at the website. You can uh, buy tickets uh, as love of today. today's broadcast. Uh, people will be able to go and buy the tickets online at McCallumTheater.com.
0: Right, or they can call the box office at seven six zero three four oh two seven eight seven there is no walk up uh the, you know there aren't any walk-up sales because of the, COVID. the, the dreaded covid uh mm-hmm. but um we're really excited people really the, the early indications are people really want to come back and uh, there's something for everybody so you know we we can't wait to welcome people back to the theater and, and hugs, hugs the next time to- we see you.
2: Hugs, yeah, we hugs, can't hugs. wait to have you back on the show. We're glad now there will be something to have you on a regular basis for. I we I can't love wait that. for That's our awesome. intimate romantic dinner. You we bet. love you so much, Jeffrey Norman. And
0: guys, guys, thank you for everything you've done during the pandemic. You really have kept us entertained and mm-hmm. and and just what you, you you can't underscore how important what you mm-hmm. do is. And and speaking on behalf of the community, I, I really extend my oh. gratitude. Thank oh, you. You made
2: me on. cry.
0: I oh, know. Go on.
2: <laughs> Thank you.
1: If you go it's on like that, pleasure. we'll have to stop you in 20 to 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Thank, Thank you, you so younger. much, honey. Bye. Bye. Our podcast today brought to you by Palm Springs Nissan. You can save big during the Memorial Day Savings event going on all month long at Palm Springs Nissan. Take advantage of higher trade-in values than you may have ever thought possible and get 0% financing for up to 84 months on 14 different models in stock now. Plus, make no payments for 90 days. You can choose from hundreds of Nissans available including some Nissan Leafs. Memorial Day Savings are happening all All month long. Visit Palm Springs Nissan today in the Cathedral City Auto Mall. A truly exceptional experience. Get started now. PalmSpringsNissan.com That's PalmSpringsNissan.com I'm letting in Stan Zimmerman.
1: Oh my God, I have that same shirt. Well, why are you not wearing it? Uh, Because I'm wearing this one.
4: Okay, Queen. Okay, there you go. (laughs) But do you have this?
1: Oh! Wait.
2: Okay, I want to be punched by something that leaves a B. <laughs> Arthur mark on my forehead. Well, I'll see you in Palm Springs, and we'll do it.
4: <laughs> oh my God! Okay, well, I
3: could go get a lot more jugs and, and, and t-shirts. God and- Glass, John, what shot did you have this morning? What what fine cream de menthe? Oh no, um, just as Zbornak special, rubbing alcohol and battery acid. What
1: about this one? Oh. <gasps> <gasps> No, I will not have a nice
4: day. (laughs) Uh, And I actually wrote that line. How do you like that? You
1: did? That was a great great scene.
2: Stan Zimmerman is a writer, producer, director, teacher, residing in LA. He's written for all the girls from Golden to Gilmore. And that's the title of a book that he's working on right now about the wonderful women he's worked with. Even Roseanne. Wow, we want to hear about that. Oh yeah. He, He will be here doing an evening on the Lanai, remembering the Golden Girls on May 27th with our own Alexander Rodriguez. It'll be at Oscars. Tell us all your story. Give us the dirt right now. Oh
4: my god!
3: Preview. We just want a preview because you can't blow it for the whole audience. We got to sell tickets. No,
4: you got to come in. The tickets are selling fast, so uh, there. Hopefully, there will be tickets for everybody. There'll be a lot of dish uh, answering a lot of questions. Um, I know people, you know, want to know about. Betty and and B and their relationship. I was very, very close with Estelle, and I will always be a Sophia. And we got to be very close. And, and a shocking thing that most people don't know is that we had to be stay in the closet on the show. And for a very progressive show, you think, oh, you were out and proud and everything. But uh, the first day on the set, Estelle took us behind the stage. She's like, come here. I'm like, what, what the hell's going on? And she said, you're one of us. And I thought she meant Jewish, but she meant gay. And she kind of considered herself part of our community because of uh torch song trilogy right. and, and all of that. And, and we'll, we'll accept her. And she let it be known that it wasn't something this is you know back in the day, um, before you were all born, uh, wow. that, um, you couldn't be out and be a writer on, on a TV show. It was a very white cis male, uh, environment. Uh, luckily there were a few women on the show which of course we gravitated towards and um you know over the years it did get more progressive but we were the first gay writers on the show even though nobody knew it at the time what year was that no numbers honey well well, come
1: on (laughs) yes dan i was really surprised i expected to see no hair or gray hair or You know, I. You know, this was a long time ago. You must have been a baby writer.
4: I. I was a baby writer. I was a part of a a middle school project that I was on. (laughs) Uh, um, It was our very first big show. We had been on one other show uh, season before, and then we landed on this and. At the time, it was the first season, so you can go back. I think it was 85 was the first season of the show. And um, nobody knew at the time what it was going to be. So, and we didn't have computers where you could read ratings in the morning. It would be read at the table read on Monday mornings of the week before amazing Each week. It would be like we're number 25 and we're like, "Yay!" we thought that was the top. And then it kept going up and up and up and everyone's like, I'm getting shivers now, but we're like, Oh my God, people like this show because it went against every norm to have a show about older people, about women, about that Frank talk uh, and no kids.
1: Thank God. Hey, on the the pilot episode, uh, a lot of people may not remember, there was a gay male character who was the cook housekeeper. Uh, The character's name was Coco? Coco,
4: yes. Yes,
1: Coco. And that didn't work. And were you a part of the the discussion or just... Was no, decided by I think Susan they Harris. knew
4: They knew right on. Estelle was just going to be like a guest star. And I think the minute they saw those four women together, it was like it was gold. You didn't need a fifth person because that would take away precious time. You know, in a sitcom, you literally have less than 23 minutes. You yeah. got to come in and go out. And then they found out that Estelle, we always called it like she would hit these home runs. You know how she like bang the end of a scene which we call a blow don't get any ideas john um i thought
1: it was called a button
4: buttons and blows yes there you go um uh for those in the after hours it was called the blow i guess um (laughs) and those were those jokes that would end a scene and that but she would come in and give these zingers but it was like she was you know a fantastic baseball player and she would hit the ball and you just see it go over the fence every time boom, boom, boom. She just knew she had that rhythm and and we relied on that.
1: So when you write a sitcom uh, with an ensemble like that, somebody has to be the anchor and that, uh, uh, you know, in the center where all the spokes, then there she is, be Arthur. And and she didn't want to do it at first. Is that is that correct? When they were casting? No, casting?
4: actually, I think they didn't think that she would want to do it. So Susan Harris, who wrote the brilliant pilot uh, and obviously many episodes. Uh, she wrote it as a B Arthur role. Dorothy as a B Arthur type, not thinking she'd actually get her because uh, you know, she had done so many shows and she did finished finish Maude and no one thought she'd want to do it. And I think it was Rue who had done uh, Maude with her said um, B. I think you might want to take a look at this script because they were interviewing people like Elaine Stritch and reading a lot of actors. Uh-huh.
1: Didn't she like? And, didn't she uh, like? Didn't Elaine stretch like talk like a trucker and change lines and ex- insert expletives or something? Yeah, which you can't right. do that.
4: And uh, the first season, yeah. people always ask me. I just got asked this on, online. Oh, that scene when they were laughing and that was all ad lib. I'm like. Uh, no, every comma, every, you know, dot, 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 we wrote. And the first season, they really stuck to what we wrote. And they really, I mean, I have to give it to all of them. At first, they looked at us like, who are these little children writing? And then they saw the consistency of the writing every week. And they went on every talk show and they said, it's not us, it's the writers. And obviously, it's them. I mean, they were just the best of the best.
1: How it became It became kind of a like a... a a breeding ground for some greats in in television writing. Not yeah. only you.
4: Mark Cherry came along later, and, and he's yeah. been very sweet about acknowledging that we paved the gay way, I guess the way to Oz, you know, the little yellow brick road. Um, uh, but there've been some wonderful writers on the show, and it, it was Panero uh, and Nathan we really connected with, and uh, they supervised our first pilot, and we, you know, remained friends, and. Um, you know, that's what's so cool about being on a show, because you're literally there all hours of the night. I mean, you can be there till two and three in the morning, and then you got to come back and be funny. And that's where coffee comes in. Oh. And, <laughs> uh, and so you get very intimate with these people. And and, and then all of a sudden the show's over and, and it's done, and then you're on to another uh, family. But that's so wonderful, because I've met so many wonderful people through the years.
1: How did you stay so young looking after working in series television for so long? Because it is, it's uh, grueling.
4: Uh, it is grueling. I, I got into a real strict health regimen. I run pretty much every, every day in the hills. And I swim and I gave up sugar things to a Palm Springs resident, Suzanne Summers. I became just obsessed with her books.
5: Oh, and great. I first
4: read them, I read them as a joke. And then I was like, wait a minute, she's got a point there. And um, look at her. And look at her and her whole thing is, is be fit, don't be fanatical. And I kind of like that and and that sugar is evil. And I just gave up sugar. I gave up. Do you, you
1: have a thigh master?
4: How dare you? Um, <laughs> you don't know what's going on underneath here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to come to the show to find out. Yeah. Well,
2: So let's let's talk about the show. The show is the 27th. It's at Oscars. You're working <clears throat> with our favorite Alexander Rodriguez. Tell us what the evening is going to be like. Oh, frivolity,
4: striptease, you name it.
2: So the evening is interactive. The audience can ask you questions and play and stuff, right?
4: Yeah, so Alexander will be running the evening. And, you know, when Alexander says something, you listen. Uh, But I love the interaction with the audience. And it's really so sweet. I I actually went on two back to back Golden Girls fan cruises last year. (laughs) We're doing another one in January. If anybody wants to go, it's so much fun. It's called Golden Fans at Sea. And I love the interaction because as writers, people don't know I'm a writer. They don't come up to me. They come up to the actors and they think the actors wrote all the lines. So for a writer to meet the people and the stories I heard, I mean, some of them were just so heartbreaking. There was some woman that was going through many cancer uh, surgeries and she just wanted to hear the theme song Oh, during her operation and they said we can't let you go in with any kind of Walkman or something. and She was near tears. They roll her in when she looks up all the nurses or everyone starts singing the song.
2: Oh Oh my gosh. Oh
4: my gosh, isn't that a beautiful story?
2: Yeah,
4: um, and oh and that's just shows just how much people care about the show and yeah. every part about it. And it's become more than just a TV show. And especially during COVID, I mean, the ratings on Hulu went crazy. I mean, it's bigger than ever because it was our family and people could, you know, feel comforted by seeing them, you know, during the, that very difficult last year when we didn't know, you know what the hell was going on. Yeah.
2: Well, we're excited to get to see you the gift that, and you really now get to see the gift of humor that you gave and what it did and just the ripples of it exponentially. We thank you for your contribution to it and we can't wait to ask you questions.
1: I, I have wait. a question. I just want to ask one question it <laughs> and it's, it's 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 something that only you can answer. Is that really what? your
4: house behind you? First of all, oh. yes. Okay. Oh, um, of course it is. I want to see that then.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a green screen house. You can get that from, uh, from the internet. But what is you, the favorite line or joke or concept that you put in the show that you look back on as something that you're most proud of, even if it's just a quick blow?
4: Um, One of my favorite lines we wrote is uh, Rosa's mother says to her, stopping me from living isn't going to stop me from dying. And there's a whole story about that episode and that B. Arthur's mother died two days before we filmed it, but you're going to have to come to Oscars to hear the whole story. Um, But also I, I love that we figured out season one that B. Arthur did not need a line. All she had to do was shoot someone a look. And we wrote that we kind of, yeah. invented that look, and it got a huge laugh. How many actors do you know they can get a laugh off of a look?
1: And I love her double and triple take Like, Yes. I, her takes, her reactions were impressive. Were, were amazing. Thank you, Stan Thank you. Zimmerman.
5: We'll I, see I, you soon Okay, at
1: Oscars. I'll, I'll drink to that.
4: At Oscars, and we will have a great day. We will.
3: Well, it's just less than two weeks away remembering the golden girls with stan zimmerman and evening on the lanai at oscars in palm springs just one of the many events that you can find on gaydesertguide.com where we are looking at this week in I Love Gay Palm Springs. So many things happening as we come into the end of May and going into June. Pride has been officially announced. That was uh, done by Ron DeHart and the gang. Saturday and Sunday, November 6th and 7th, the Pride Parade is back on November 7th. Yesterday, I was chatting with um, with a few people about bringing back the bring uh, the uh, Light Up the Night promotion that we did last year. So there There's so many things that are just uh, on the horizon, and you can read all about them in our uh, weekly blog, and of course here on the podcast where we give you the kind of the early dirt and the early dish on what's happening and what's going on. Well, there's some serious things uh, in the offing as well. A screaming of Mama Gloria to benefit safe schools. You know, a Harvey Milk diversity breakfast could not happen this year. That typically funds the safe schools, desert cities programs. And so we're looking at some alternatives. And this Saturday, May 15th, 2 o'clock, the documentary featuring Gloria Allen. She was the trailblazing uh, 74-year-old black transgender activist. She started a charm school. School for homeless trans youth. And this whole great documentary um, uh, kind of goes through her entire life. Uh, tickets on Gay Desert Guide, you can find out all about that. Last weekend, Steve Chase Humanitarian Awards, they did their one hour special on NBC Palm Springs. I really loved the Keisha D performance. She was uh, at the Purple Room and it just, it kind of felt like things were, were coming back. It was just an amazing show. Uh, they're doing their silent auction online through Sunday. Lots of great things that you can buy to help support Desert AIDS Project. Well, one of the big things that we like to promote, and last week David Paisley joined us on the podcast, Community Marketing and Insights is doing its 15th Annual LGBTQ Community Survey. It's an international survey of how we in the LGBTQ plus community, what we think, um, what we buy, what we do, how we travel. And if you'll just take a couple minutes to uh, to do the survey, there are some prizes at the end. You can actually donate the prizes if you win to a local charity, um, or you can get the gift cards for yourself. Um, live the- theatrical performances coming back, City of Rancho Mirage presents Desert Theatrical's live cabaret series. That's starting May 15th, an evening with Valerie Perry. And coming up, the Mod Squad, um, Doris and Me, an evening with Jonathan Carant and Josh White, all in May and June. Cinema Under the Stars from our friends at the Palm Springs Cultural Center with the Outdoor Cinema Under the Stars program. You can camp out in your chairs. You can reserve one of the picnic tables. You don't have to be stuck in your car anymore. This weekend, Sunday, National Honor, our LGBT Elders' Day, Um, all the details and how you can maybe help support that cause. At GayDesertGuide.com. We talked with Stephen Biller earlier that it's the final weekend of Desert X. I don't know. I don't think Indian land is going to be coming down on Monday. I really don't think they're going to be able to get that thing down. But uh, most of the other sites will be closed. And so if you do want to see some of Desert X, this is the weekend to do it. Modernism Week online experience also ending this weekend. We are happy to be a part of ShortFest, the Palm Springs International ShortFest. Tickets go on sale Monday. We'll have all the details in our early week uh, blog on Gay Desert Guide next week. And uh, those events happening, the ShortFest events happening June 22nd through the 28th. Well, next week, the uh, LGBT Center of the Community Center of the Desert continues to have some uh, great events happening, still mostly virtual, and they're you know out of an abundance of caution. They're doing things like the 50 Plus Fit, uh, Trans Tuesdays, Men's Chat Groups, LGBTQ Plus Youth Virtual Hangouts with Miguel. So we want to just give a shout out to the center and all the great work that they do. Well, we welcome our new partners to uh, gaydesertguide.com, and a lot of our food and drink partners are now rejoining as things are starting to open up. 1501 Uptown Gastropub, that's uh, Willie Ryan from 849. It's he and Chad Gardner's uh, great uh, gastropub. I absolutely love eating there. I love the atmosphere, especially on that outside patio. And not too far away, Booze Hounds is just doing a, an incredible job. I took my my neighbors and I, and I took our dogs there a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Jimmy, Brian, and Steve just doing a great job opening that huge space that we used to know as Dinks. And they're a new partner with us. Uh, their indoor dining room and bar, open air lounge, patio. And doggies are welcome on the lanai. No, actually on the patio. Wilma and Frida's named after the owner's two grandmothers. Um, and Wilma and Frida's has this new little space with Ethelina can, and it's called Ethel's Place. It's the little lounge right off uh, from the restaurant. And so they're coming on board and they're a new partner with us as well. 111 Bar used to be known as Studio 111. John, I know that's one of your favorite hangouts. for piano Yeah,
1: Ron time. Pass played this past Tuesday night. And I believe Keisha D is going to do a, a
3: performance oh, Great, coming wow. up. That's so crazy. they're bringing piano um, entertainment coming back. back. Yeah, i coming, coming back and you know, we did get a little, uh, sneak preview today earlier that, um, ah. uh, Oh, it's Smidge. (laughs) Smidge is is going to
1: be appearing at bar 111. Smidge is
3: going to be at at, 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 that 111 bar. Uh, Also, there's a a new interesting space called Men's Room. It's a gay nightclub. It's a BYO place, private members only club. It's at a kind of a secret destination. 9,000 square foot floor space, dance floor, ample seating with tables, intimate game lounge and spacious play areas. Uh, Wednesdays only. Other than that, it's a swingers club on the other nights of the week. And their grand opening is on Wednesday, May 19th. Um, and this week on our Hot Deals program, our Gay Groupon, it is 849 Restaurant and Lounge, where you can get 40% off, get a $25 gift card for just $15. Lots of hot deals coming on board at GayDesertGuide.com. And that's a look at this week in I Love Gay Palm Springs.
2: Wow, that was a really busy show. We got to talk to some great people. It's so nice to have things to talk about, things that are actually happening. We are so excited to see you guys all out there in the world. We love you, and we love Gay Palm Springs.
0: I'll drink to that. (laughs) For info on this week's topics, go to GayDesertGuide.com and join the Oasis Insiders Club. Each week, you'll get the Gay Desert Guide this week in I Love Gay Palm Springs newsletter with news, community events, and hot deals. I Love Gay Palm Springs with John Taylor, Shan Carr, and Brad Furr. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Listen on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get podcasts.